All right, all right, all right. Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 85. Question. Uh, 85, fellas. Wow, can you believe that? Oh, and, 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 which, what I mean by the question is, well, there are a lot of questions we may be having with things that's going on nowadays, but it is the question that we will get to later on. Uh, so, fellas, what's good? CB. Hey, man. Um... Happy to, you know, be here on a Thursday night, which means it's almost Friday, which means it's almost the weekend. And, you know, it's uh, the weather's been crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just another week, really. Like, you know, just happy to be alive, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Superfly. Yo, peace, fellas. Um, doing good. You know, every day is, uh, a little less stressful than the last, the day before, you know what I'm saying? As we get further and further away from, you know what I mean? What we won't have to talk about, but you know what I mean? Like I'm doing good, man. Just, just trying to get better every day. Absolutely. E. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a finish that statement from Superfly. Trying to get better every day is the, uh, uh, seems to be the goal. Uh, you try. Some days you, you put a little bit more effort in the days before, uh, you know, but you build off of that. And from that, you know, I hope everybody on the in the Midwest and the East Coast safe from uh, all the storms and everything. And, you know, like uh, uh, this quick moment to, uh, you know, Wusa, you know, from all the stuff that you deal with uh, throughout the week, even though Monday was a holiday, it still feels like it had been a regular normal you know work week with all the stuff that's going on and you know it's a good it's a good minute to pause i actually forgot that monday was a holiday that's how (laughs) busy and crazy this week has been i forgot monday was a holiday and actually i did something actually pretty dope on monday monday evening so i i I, how did i forget monday whatever um we'll get to that a little later um real quick and we're talking about stress and just getting through these these times as we approach a year, like it's hard to believe, like how fast a year moves. Like when you when you're moving in it, you don't, you know, it, it escapes you. But when you're sitting in it, it's just like, wow, wait a minute. Like it, it feels like literally yesterday I was just in the office, and they told me, pack up, go home. We don't know when you're coming back. And that happened in March. And we're approaching the end of February fast. Crazy. Um, but I want to talk about, before we get into less rap, like some of the things I've been doing to release, just to get rid of some of like the anxiety, the stress, because that's real. And I think that, I mean, we, we had a couple of shows to, to talk about, and we've been talking about it throughout the pandemic. But like one thing that's gotten me through this, one is the podcast, for sure. And just being able to, even though I'm in the house, break away from everything that's going on outside of this this square that I'm in right now, right? Uh, and another thing, like music. Music is like huge because there's so many different levels of music. You can create it. You can listen to it. You can find music that would happen 50, 60 years ago, that's brand new to you, but it's old, uh, you know, it's release date. But anyways, last night I was watching, and D-Nice has been amazing getting us through this quarantine. Like, if you've been 
on the club quarantine kick. That thing is huge. But last night, he had this guy on called The Session. Never heard of him. Uh, Superfly, had you heard of him before I put that out there? No. Um, so he had a guy on last night called The Session. And this dude, he goes live every day at noon. And he decomposed, deconstructs a song, literally all the way down to the date that they came into the studio to talk about. Like He has a massive amount of knowledge. And last night he took over D Nice's live and he did he deconstructed beat it. Right? Now beat it is what? When that come when the album come out was that 80? 83? Never 83. heard of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and I had listened to that <clears throat> that album, that song over I mean probably over a million times in my lifetime, right? But last night was the first time I ever heard it. Like he took it down to the the essence of just starting with the drums from the studio kit that was going to the actual drummer drumming over studio. And I didn't realize Toto was the band that played on Beat It. And then when you hear the guitar riffs, everybody always thinks Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, because we know Eddie Van Halen played on that. But it wasn't. It was. It was just crazy the way he broke it all the way down into his essence. Big up the Rod Temperton of Toto. Like he's he's responsible for Thriller pretty much. <laughs> and they even gave <laughs> him uh human nature. Like that was a Toto song yep. that, that yep. they gave to Michael. Absolutely amazing the way he broke it down. And so like stuff like that, you you're allowed to discover new things. And that that's one thing I wanted to share that, that stuff like that kind of gets me through because it allows people you would never know. Like, I wouldn't have never come across this guy's IG Live or page or whatever, just because there's billions of people on social media. But last night, that guy, you know, he gained a new fan of me because every day he says at noon, he breaks down a completely different song. But And then he had to be smart about it because we know IG has bots. So he broke the song down without even, I don't know, if it was, since it was D-Nice's Live, if he... You know, D Nice doesn't get the bots to his his state his channel, but he broke it down to where we didn't the live stream didn't end at all, and he went on for an hour and forty five minutes. That's sick. Yeah, just amazing. So if you haven't checked out this guy's page, is the uh, session IG live? I think I think that's what his his handle is, and I'll post it to you. Just one thing, funny, just to help get through. Funny you should mention the the deconstruction of a. B, what's up, man? Uh, of a song, right? Um, I had to take pops to the uh, to the dealership to drop the whip off, right? And of course, you know, when you get in your folks' car, you already know that you' about to step into the realm of what they their vibing is on a regular basis, which you know is just it, it. So it puts you back into kid mode, right? When you knew you had to ride in the back seat and had no ability to change the song, if you were lucky, depending on how long the drive was, you got one, maybe two songs off the radio. Then after that, it was back to their station, right? Um, but funny that you should bring up the deconstruction of of, of a song like that. Um, so XM or Sirius Radio has uh, like a strictly Aretha Franklin like dedicated radio, right? I believe. Um, and the, the cat, I think his name is, uh, it's like Nardo or something like that or, or whatever. Nardwar. Nah, that's the, that's the, I think that's the, oh, crazy, gotcha. 
that's the white boy that does the interviews. But it's, so it was whoever was in the sessions with her who definitely probably helped compose. He, the, we always give the song, it almost gives the song extra life with the people that were there to witness what was taking place. So like, you know, when you talk about deconstructing or just kind of giving the, the, the backgrounds of what was happening. I mean, he talked about what mindset she was in or like how she really played into the feeling of that song in order for it to come out to where she literally was, you know, feeling as if that was a real kind of thing that was happening at the moment. And it created that to the point where she would call this dude and be like, did you think I, I went too far? And he was just like, you know, maybe you did, you know, but like it was, it was, she was so caught up in that moment. So you realize like the artistry that comes behind music. And that's why, like you said, I think we feel it in a certain way because you can almost put yourself in, you know, a lot of the stuff that you listen to, you you hear it. It's, it's the way you vibe to it and the way that it kind of connects to you. And then when you hear backstories or when you see how it's, it's kind of played out, it almost it almost hits that extra euphoria level for you. You're just like, damn, like that's the reason, you know, like that's the reason why it hit like that for me. So. Now, um, I got a question for you real quick, too, Fly, after I make this statement, because it's a transition in that. Like, I'd heard, I think it was actually me, Superfly, and Just, and Keith, in Superfly's basement, the night of when you're at your parents' house, the, the first night, I think they had just kind of leaked the Michael Jackson, just the vocals of, of Beat It, right? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy the levels to him in that in the booth, right? Mm-hmm. But so the dude broke it down again last night. Like, and I listened to that that track once or twice. But he was like, even in the backing vocals, you can tell how Mike was such in such a groove like this. One clap, like as he's recording the backing vocals, and you could there's no other clap. You can just tell that he was feeling it and just clap, and they they, they kept it right. But um, as a DJ, like, have you ever? You have you ever done something like that? Like take a song and break it, you know, break it all the way down to its yeah, its pure form. I got I got a few multi tracks. Like I got into it for a while, um, probably about I don't know five or six years ago. It's a lot of work because like especially like some of some of the music on Thriller that has like you know fifty different tracks sometimes, and like trying to like figure out all right how are you gonna make this different hey it's thriller you know what i'm saying like you ain't going bet you ain't gonna do better than that <laughs> you know what i mean but like to try to present it in a different way you know and then people have heard is fun but it is time consuming too so I, there was a while where i was playing with multi-tracks and they even have like software now where you can just take a song a new song and run it through the software and it can split out the drums from you know what I mean? That the keys from the vocals, and you can get like those individual tracks to do your. I own wonder that's, if that's that's what he was doing. It could have been, uh, but uh, there's a lot of that. The older uh, music had there's a lot of multi tracks for some of the, like most popular records. You know what I'm saying? That those mm-hmm. have been floating around for years. Nice. That, that's kind of a thing, like the stun on people that I got the multi tracks to, you know, Steve oh, no, Wonder or something like that. It was people in the in the live asking, "Yo." Can I get these stems from you? Let me let me let me grab let me get these stems. But yeah, I'm assuming it, it's it's almost like an elite club to be part. Like you just don't give those things away. 
when they when they tend to leak are when like they show up in video games or in movies or commercials those multi-tracks a lot of times those remixes they'll they'll bring the masters out and then whoever the engineer is will start to leak it to people and stuff like that so that's <laughs> kind of how it got out like I'm, i've been trying to find the bg's joints because they had that bg's documentary not that long ago and there was a lot of multi-tracks and acapellas that was in there that are crazy nope 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 all right fellas that's wrap um want to lead, lead off with this one right here. Uh, if you have been following the news, there's a lot going on, first of all, in the news. But one thing that they has become a thing is hate crimes on Asians, right? Um, and and, and it all stems from, I'm assuming, the former, you know, the instigator, you know, calling this coronavirus the, the China virus. And... So just throughout the news this past week, there's been an attack on a couple, you know, older, we're talking about 80s, 80s on older, like um, Asian men. Um, there's one guy, he had COVID and he, he made it through. Like he was he was on the other side of it and he got pushed and fell on his head and he died from that. There was an attack in Georgetown. Um, a guy went and destroyed a, a tea shop, Asian tea shop in Georgetown. Um, I mean, amongst the different harassments, then, then there was one, uh, there was video footage of a, a guy crossing the street and he had made it across the street and then got pushed from behind and he like fell on the sidewalk. Like, I mean, we got to be better than this, right? I don't think you know, any one particular person is responsible for what's happening here with the coronavirus. I mean, if it is, he's no longer in office because he could have got ahead of where we're at right now, perhaps, right? So I just want to get you guys feeling, have you, have you heard about what's going on? As the resident Asian of the podcast, I wasn't um, <laughs> Yeah, man, this is something that hits super close to home because we're like, there's like video evidence of some of these incidents. Um, you know, incidents is probably too light of a word, but, you know, it's one of those things where we know racism is still alive and well in the country. Um, as much of a better place as we probably are in now as we have been in the past. We're obviously still not in like a good place. So um, it's really disheartening. And, you know, people that do this kind of shit in general, they're cowards, man, because they're literally like coming after another group of people that are different than them for, you know, it's some selfish reason. Like it, there's never, ever like some really factual overarching reason for this stuff to really be going down outside of, you know, we can get into like some religious things. Um, but those situations are different when we're talking about like people just blanketly, uh, you know, attacking Asians, blanketly attacking, you know, African-Americans, black people. Like it's, it, it's really disheartening, man, because there's a lot of these that we're hearing of now, 
a lot of them are these are like senior citizens, man. Like I'm I'm thinking about my grandparents that are, you know, in their 80s and 90s. Like, bro, you knock my grandmother to the ground, every single bone in her body might break. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this stuff, this stuff hurts right now. It's uh it's it's definitely hard to uh it, it's it's terrible to watch um knowing that it's you know what you would consider maybe random that you clearly know these people are sought out you know after as far as uh, because they are like in a weaker state um to not play into the uh <clears throat> one of the things that that you know I think you have a that I have a tough time with is knowing that certain things start happening. You just don't want, you don't want to relive a certain era that was happening out here. Right. Which is, um, you know, after the riots and things of that nature, you had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of tension between, uh, the Asians and the blacks out here. Um, you had, you know, what really sparked and even before that because it'd been happening before but everybody knows you know when the store clerk shot the little girl killed her because she thought she was stealing from you know the store and when she wasn't and she was seven years old you know at the time um that that just kind of created that <laughs> and it's like that's not what we need right now you know what i mean it's almost in those that motion that you just you see it you hope that it gets you know off taken care of so that it doesn't kind of you know kind of escalate to that because again i think everybody's heightened on whatever you know the last person that was in there and you know it's still relevant regardless if he was in there or not you know you just hope that it doesn't spark anything else that's that's you know if you will kind of been under wraps or you know not really a big issue you know you want you kind of hope that that's done with um that, I know that was my biggest thing because once they started the one in Oakland, Oakland area has always been different. Like that's just that's just a different area in itself. They, I mean, that's almost like a whole other country in this by itself is Oakland, right? They right they they run a different situation than, than down here in, in Southern California. But that was the first thing that came to mind was, man, I hope this ain't something that's about to start coming down here because recently, and not to ramble on, they had showed like I think it was in summertime. A bunch of young cats had uh, knocked down one of the uh, the food cart vendors, one of the little, the little Mexican dudes, right? And the homies from the set boxed, you know, they boxed them in the middle of the street talking about, nah, not, that's that's not what we're doing. We're not about to start that because you already know that this can turn into something bigger other than you just playing around on some, you know, we knocked them down. I don't even think they took any money from them, but it was just like, you know, how you going to record it, knock them down and kind of, you know, insult the man. So you know what's going to come with that is then somebody's going to be like, now we're going to have to show protection on that side. So it's like you really just don't want to have that. And I think those people that really don't have a mindset that these little things that they feel like are funny pranks, they want to record the stuff, can really turn into something that that <laughs> this world, they, they don't need right now. Like, uh, you know, juxtaposing what Erich talked about in, you know, PG County and the DMV, Northern Virginia, Virginia Beach, like anywhere, pretty much there's like a military installation. There's going to be a huge uh, population of Asian Americans, specifically Filipinos. And like, I pretty much grew up like my entire life 
You know what I mean? Kind of going over my friends' houses, true. Learning about their culture, their food. You know what I mean? Language. Um, and you know, I just you know that it does hit home. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like even though like I'm not Asian, like I feel it the same way that I would feel if my grandmother, you know, was pushed down or attacked or something like that. So, you know, from from that standpoint, I think the more we can um you know recognize our common humanity and stand up for anybody that's getting um you know every people that are not in power being um you know dominated by you know what i'm saying the the, the other people um trying to be like pc as i can but right. you know what i'm saying we gotta we have to like i said recognize our our common humanity and just you know what I mean? Fight against it, no matter what your, you know, specific ethnicity is. Right. And I think the former, you know, even on his way out, his speech at Andrews Air Force Base, he referred to it as the China virus, right? But and I don't understand again, attacking, attacking anyone. But first of all, you know, targeting Asians. What is that? That's that's not going to get you out of this situation you're in. There's no cure in pushing them over, you know, or attacking. You know that. Main thing you got you got a hate crime on your hands, right? Right. There's and there's some humor in the fact that like, how much debt does the U.S. have to China? You know what I mean? Like, uh, when it comes to what's actually owed, they're kind of like a daddy. You know what I mean? So it's like kind of hilarious that uh you know former former dude in in the white house like would keep playing on this because it's like bro we owe them money like don't don't be talking shit to you know the person that you owe the money to you know like to right. me there's like that's trying to find like any humor in the situation because as you know anyone of color can attest to it like this shit is not fun like this shit is not cool and of course the big storm they hit texas right the one that they i don't even i don't even know if they saw it coming i think the last big snowstorm when they said it was 73 something like that was 73 i mean i think they got spot storms here well flurries here and there but nothing to this magnitude and they're obviously they're not prepared Right. Um, and I've seen footage like the most incredible and I mean, incredible is like probably the jaw dropping footage I've seen is the guy. He's on the opposite side of the beltway. And as he's live, all you hear is and you hear all this pounding. And then he flashes over what's happening on the other side of the beltway. And he's saying these cars can't stop. And it's just um Accident after accident after accident, and then the FedEx truck hit. You know what was probably minimal damage at first, with you know some you know, minor collisions, came in the Mack truck, the FedEx Mack truck, and it just plowed through all that. Uh, I know for sure people died. I don't know the number, but mad and mad amount of injuries. And then I've seen the footage of ceilings collapse, like houses flooding, pipes bursting from water, like wow. It's, Water coming it, through the walls and stuff like that is yeah, absolutely insane. insane. Yeah, um, definitely. Like you said earlier, like prayers for Texas. Um, 
Yeah, you guys got anything? I think you, you got to realize, like, we're at that, you're at that point where when we were kids and identified a certain region would only be just a certain region. Like, I think we, we've kind of seen the global warming and, uh, you know, pretty much just present itself as saying, I'm, I'll do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And now, you, you know, you see where I'm at with it, right? Like, you would think that now people in Texas are going to have to winterize their pipes when was that ever a thing? You know what I'm saying? Uh, or, or knowing that that's, you know, almost taking the precautions of just in case, which I feel like the, this year, and well, last year and this year, definitely going to, you know, put everybody on notice on the stuff that you probably didn't think of before because you realize, ah, oh, it's not going to happen here. It, at, at this point, you got to believe that anything is possible, right? So <laughs> you have to right. kind of play that in, in his mind. But, you know, hey. And how do you prepare for that? Like, do you invest funds into like plows at this point and like all types of winterizing equipment that, you know, a storm that may or may not happen again? Or do you fund other things? Like is there's an issue there. I and mean, obviously now all the funding has to go to the rebuild, right? But when it comes back up to how we're gonna distribute these funds, you know, did, did it make sense before to have a, a set of emergency equipment around yeah it's called emergency equipment like i'm not saying that it's got to be used but that's what it's there for right to, to have when that moment comes um think about this like and this is strictly for everybody who's on the east coast they know this west coast they probably like what does that mean you winterize the streets prior to a storm coming is because you have already put in place you already know the streets, you know, the ones at the hills, you know, where, you know, they they have a route, you know, they have they have a routine and where they go. An existing so plan in place. <laughs> correct. You know what I mean? And, and if my boss is ever listening to this, he'd be mad because it's called a contingency plan. That's the first <laughs> thing I should have said. But you know, that's what we do. Uh, your contingency plan is is always it's always on what if, right? Just in case, like you build those to have that already in place. You're never going to get ready for it, but as long as you have something in place to kind of start somewhere as it's happening. So as they saw this coming, this would have been a let's winterize the, the streets as best as we can. You know, like, again, you're not doing anything that you didn't put anything in place for the what ifs. And again, it's not necessarily the emergency. It's a contingency plan on if you're ready when this stuff happens. Man, facts. Like, I don't want to derail too much longer, but do y'all think about, like, is Mother Earth, like, correcting, you know what I'm saying, for humanity between coronavirus, everybody being kind of forced back into their homes, like that, and people not driving, that in and of itself had, like, a huge impact on, you know what I mean, the environment, and then you, you're seeing you know, these crazy weather patterns is it's snowing in Saudi Arabia and in Texas. You know what I mean? Is it just like just just Mother Nature, you know, just correcting all the things that absolutely so, so she can get right again. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I mean, I've, there's been proof of that before. You know, these things happen. There has to be a reset somewhere. And yeah. I mean, Mother Nature is, is real, right? I mean, there is a like a sense of it feeling kind of biblical, you know what I mean? Um, and 
that's you know when we're when we're traveling to social social media is you know because the internet's undefeated right so there's a lot of jokes being made about how you know texas was just not doing what they were supposed to do so it was like all right here's the first snowstorm in like half a century you know and it's it is insane like i'm glad that all the people that i'm you know my people that are in the texas area all of them are good um at this point they've all got power and everything like that's great but you see some of the the damage that's been done and a lot of it relates back to just the infrastructure of the state so you know it's one of those things where yeah you could have the contingency plan in place but that might not even have been able to make up for the lack of infrastructure that they have to even be prepared from that standpoint you know and then making conscious decisions to separate from the rest of the power grid from the rest of the country you know what i mean and not being able to uh sustain you know an increase in usage on top of a decrease in capacity you know just remember i think when it's time to vote where where your where your folks are at when it was time to vote the people you voted for were one especially (laughs) one of them was when you know your power is getting cut off and man's out in mexico I thought he didn't want, you know, people coming from that side. This dude straight up fleet over there. That's exactly. hilarious. Yo. Go ahead, E, my bad. No, you good. I just, like I said, I think it's a, everything is a combination, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's substance from, from everything. It's a substance from Mother Nature. It's a substance from um, what we just talked about, not being ready, you know, um, not having stuff in place. You know, and yes, the infrastructure, you know, we'll never know. No different from when, you know, uh, when the uh, pandemic hit, you know, how many companies really had their their infrastructure in place to be able to set up shop at at the crib? You know what I mean? Because their thoughts is, I mean, when are we really going to have 100 percent working from home? Right. And whether or not they built for it, the contingency plan was always had always been there to start but everybody just pushes it back and like i said i think this is the the precursor of you know these are the things that we need to start doing one of the biggest things like on the table ever since the pandemic hit that i know that the boss and myself have been working on uh kind of under wraps is now you have to look at it and say well what happens to california when that when that earthquake hits right where is our contingency plan and what are we able to do when you might have spots of people at the house, you might have something locked away doing this, that, you know, we're tied into different, you know, we got different spots. Uh, but you know, that's, you can, and, and again, we can be, we can try to be as ready as we can for that, man. When that thing hit, it don't matter what, what you ready for. It's going to, it's going to make you do something totally different. I'm sure. All right. All right. All right, uh, in other news, um, kids are going uh, back to school. Uh, Y'all got what I did right there? (laughs) So, um, well, a lot of schools are already in place back in school, but PG County is gearing up to go back. Uh, Teachers return. The virtual learning in class, from what I heard, are on the 17th of March. 
Kids return shortly thereafter in April to a two-day uh, schedule, AM, yeah, A and B day. Uh, but that leaves obviously that leaves teachers in the school for four days because they have two sets of students to teach two times a week. Uh, a little, little bit of math there, um, but is it rushed? I mean, are we? I, mean, I know the teachers have been first in line on getting these vaccines. You know, my question is. We phased out of everything during the pandemic. We had phase one, we had phase two, and now we're going to phase three, right? That's that's how they've, they've regulated this pandemic. And now all of a sudden, okay, everybody, we're going straight back, right? There, there's some of a plan, but I mean, I know now there's a vaccine, and you know numbers are down. I think there's 12 cases a day, so the numbers are low enough to do it. But you know. Are, are, is this is this moving a little too fast? You know, being a parent with kids in the school system, um, I you know we've had the luxury to be able to be home with them, and like so my my priority has been you know trying to keep them as safe as possible, but like we are very privileged, you know what I mean, and that we got two peep two parents in the house. Both of us working from home, we're able to kind of manage it. You know, if you're a single parent or, you know, parents, they got to go to work. You know, there's some, there's some, a lot of kids are not in ideal situations right now. And it might be safer for them to be, I don't know if it may be safer is not the right word, more advantageous for them to be in the classroom than not be in the classroom. Um, You know, and it's like, you just, you don't know what some of these kids situations are, especially like if it's not a, you know, a household that is the the traditional one. So from that sense, you know, some of these kids have lost maybe a year of instruction. You know what I mean? There's there's stories of kids not, not turning work straight failing. And this is like across the socioeconomic board. Um, Cause there's certain kids that just do not respond well to virtual um, virtual learning. So, you know, from that standpoint, I can understand them needing to have a trade-off, right? This is a, this is not a situation where you have the ideal, you know, perfect scenario. It's like the worst, it's, it's a, it's a choice between, you know, a few different bad, <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Bad things. These options aren't great. Exactly. So, you know, it, you just got to kind of go in and try to do your best to be as safe as possible. I trust that, um, you know, they'll they'll make some of the right calls as far as like if, if schools have a breakout, they close them. You know what I mean? That That's going to be the tough part is that when stuff has to change on a dime, how, do, how can people react to it? Um. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of the best you can do. You can only, you know, you can only try it and then go from there. I haven't been paying too much attention to PG, but I know in Montgomery County, the teachers had basically not been in like favor of whatever plan um, or lack of a plan. Uh, the county was basically giving to them as a rollout to go back in. And so I think that it really just comes down to whether the school systems are 
prepared enough. Like we, you know, we just got done talking about having a contingency plan and everything. And there are obviously certain aspects. You can't plan for everything, but there should be certain specific things that are addressed and those take priority. And unless, you know, like there should be a plan if there is an outbreak, there should already be a plan in place, at least for how you're going to start tackling that problem. You can't have it set up as, all right, well, if it happens, we'll figure it out then. Nah, man, like with what's been going on, you got to have that kind of stuff a little bit more figured out. So um, it's, I think it's a, it's a tough situation because I agree with Superfly. Like there's definitely going to be kids out there that they learn in an environment where they're in the classroom, you know, like not everyone is going to be a great learner when you have to do everything virtually. So um, it, it is one of those things where having worked from home for almost a year now, it like there definitely are certain advantages to it, but also at the same time, you see the advantages of actually being in the office um, and so, and, you know, just some of that stuff. And so I see the trade-off um, when we're talking about the school systems and everything. But at the end of the day, I feel like the, the plans need to be in place so that we can make sure that the kids and the teachers are as safe as possible. Cause that's, that should be the number one priority at the end of the day is we're keeping everybody safe and we're not putting, you know, people at risk. Cause we're talking about not every family is in a great, you know, situation to do the virtual learning. Not every family is also in a great situation. If anyone actually gets sick and they got to spend some time in the hospital and everything, you know? Right. So there's a lot of different, uh, you know, things to be taken into account. Um, so, you know, it's obviously a, a tough situation, but I do feel that um, they need to identify the really important aspects and make sure that those are addressed because there just can't be things that you can just leave up to chance with what's right. been going on. Right. And, and a lot of kids get, get fed from school. You know, they would, don't, but, they don't get, you know, maybe not meals at home, but, you know, their majority of being fed came from school. So they rely on it. Yeah. Yeah. They had in PG, they had like, um, you know, where you could go and pick up food, lunch and breakfast um, like twice a week, basically, where you can go to the school and, p- and pick up lunch for the whole week. So they they tried their best to continue that um which yeah it's crucial like that you're right the only time some of these kids get a get a, a hot meal is at school yeah. yeah um this one this came down the pipeline so i'm not really prepared but wow um you know prince marky d passes away man rest in peace uh for those who don't know uh, you, know, you may have heard of a group called the Fat Boys back in the 80s. Um, Disorderlies, one of the, you know, that was a, that was a funny movie to me. As a, as a, I mean, it's still funny, actually. Yeah, well, right. yeah I mean, it's still. Um, but yeah, just when you, and then digging, diving deeper into this guy, what he did afterwards. I mean, I still haven't gone through the whole list, but. Yeah, he has a crazy catalog. But then speaking of a couple of those things, Superfly, that you 
but you yeah, took man, the dude, dude did um production for you know and writing from you know classics like mary j blige's real love all the way up to producing for drake um uh what's the record on the views album um uh child's play you know what i'm saying so like just and and tend to ran the gamut like we talked about you know shaba ranks and you know did production for action bronson like yep you know just behind the scenes someone who you know has been a heavy hitter for damn near 40 years um you know it's just it these when your heroes go you know what i'm saying it's just hard especially your childhood heroes like i, I used to fat boys was probably one of the first tapes i ever had man and of of recorded rap mm-hmm. um them and houdini and run dmc you know what i mean and that they were they were the gods in the early 80s and so you know rest in peace to him you know but they 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 left their mark man so absolutely you know. like again like it, it's just it's fresh off the like off the press like i didn't have time to dig deep and find some like i said surface level it was big enough mm-hmm. but you know what what happened outside of like outside of his his musical career like behind the scenes was just as just as big um so he's definitely one of those guys who will be missed um he was even pivotal i mean to the point that they, they gave him a small role well not him but his 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 character in the salt and pepper movie like that's how yeah. he was he had a he was a pivotal move for salt and pepper as well I think he dated Pepper for a second, right? They they played on that for, for I mean, that's how you know it's crazy, man. Yeah, this guy he's, he's been around for a minute. Um okay. So right. And we probably won't have the answer, so we might have to follow it up uh if we ever get an answer, because I I don't think we have we may have to set some parameters here when we, when we get to the to the big dog. But uh, we want to talk goats, um, and there's no right or wrong answer. It's all all opinion and debate. I mean, I'm sure somebody has a strong opinion why this person is that or that person is that. Uh, I want to start off with something easy, somewhat. I mean, we we do the top three when we ask about movies and music, I guess. But uh, let's just talk about actor acting at this point, right? You know, I know they they took the word actress out of. The word it's just actor now, right? Because men and women are equal level, equal playing field. Um, but it's hard to pick if you had to pick one. Is like, it's, it's one great of each. I mean, so let's let's dive into the, the male side. Let's dive into the actor. And who are you guys' favorite actor? I mean, if there was look, there's there's one guy I have in mind that kind of ruled the '80s. But is his did he leave his mark? on Hollywood does any of his characters transcend, right? Uh there's a guy in the nineties that wrote I mean, so just just give me we'll just do a round robin. Um and I'll think about who I want to say it by the time you guys are done. Alright guys now do the homework for me. Exactly. Yeah. No um uh, I mean, Kaleo, I know you are a much bigger movie buff than I am, and I will try to quantify that I think there is a difference between who the 
best is at something and who obviously like your favorite is at something. Um, Cause especially when it comes to movies, my favorite actors, actresses, you know, whatever the appropriate lexicon is at this point, um, you know, like, they're generally people in comedies like that's the kind of or or action movies like those, those are what i like to watch i like to be entertained there's um, no right or wrong answer here. you know but no like there isn't anyone coming out here and saying like yeah arnold schwarzenegger is the goat at you know acting but they are saying he's the goat when it comes to professional bodybuilding you know like stuff like that but um when i think of the great um actors actresses uh, you know, I think that there's at least two for me, um, that I would say put out what is generally considered to be great work on the whole, like from the critics and I actually enjoy. Um, and one of them I would say is, uh, Robin Williams. Like there are so many movies in his catalog that, um, like hit the full spectrum of all the emotions. Uh, and you know, he's known for, you know, a certain type of comedy maybe, but at least for me personally, uh, there's a lot of movies in his catalog that have just, you know, stuck out to me, uh, growing up for one reason or another. So he's someone that I would put in that conversation because he also did actually garner some awards. So for the people that are looking for accolades as a means to judge whether someone's the goat or not, you know, he, he did have some accolades to go along with the, uh, with the career. So, um, he's someone who I would, I would throw in there personally. Okay. I'm not going to see that. Me. Oh man. You know, this is tough. I'm, I'm a, because I'm definitely going with what uh, CB said. Um, I have my actor that um, I think I, anytime I see he's coming out with anything, I'm, I'm, I'm automatically going to watch it, right? Even though it's not a critically acclaimed or it doesn't have a, a big box office smash. So I'll reveal that name after I tell you who I think. I, I would suggest that my top is my top is De Niro. Uh, um, just the different facets of like, and again, I'm off of anything Scorsese had him in was automatic for me. Right. I just felt like he fit the bill for anything <laughs> Scorsese did. He played that thing to the T um, like, you know, his role in heat uh, just in itself. That's just such a sleeper movie. Um, but if you look at, for me, the sustainability of his acting over the different segments of time, the older that he's gotten hasn't changed how his role in a movie has. You know what I mean? Like a, a older actor might have less of a role. It might come off as if like they're just in there just to be in there. Uh, but, you know... He dived into the comedy side a little bit, which everybody, if you, you know, meet the flowers, hello, like, you know what I mean? It's a completely different stratosphere, but you know, you say Scorsese, you think of the hero as well. And you think of the mob, you know, kind of air. He's kind of, he's kind of shown the flexibility within, within his, uh, his, 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 his list of, you know, uh, characters that I feel like that's why he sticks out for me. But I will say this. 
uh, hands down, my sleeper actor is uh, Don Cheadle. Hand down, hands down. Boom. Nice. nice. Yeah, you lay you laid some heavy ones out there. I was I was thinking De Niro too. Um, I'm gonna go. What well, what well, we can. I'm gonna go two different directions. You know, we'll talk about Denzel real quick. You know, I feel like like Training Day. You know what I mean? As a as a a movie and a, and an effort where he had, he was able to kind of take advantage of the you know the fact that we weren't expecting him to play somebody. You know what right. I mean? So right, right. evil that you were willing to just it made you question your own morals you know what i mean and mm-hmm. values you're not supposed to root for the bad guy you, you know? know what i'm saying or just allow <laughs> like you you're watching the movie the first i just remember the first time watching it and you just like going along with the shit you know what i'm saying like this <laughs> your sensibility of right and wrong you suspended them because right. it was denzel so it was like yeah this, this is cool you know what i'm saying <laughs> we just gonna do this and then and then after you watch the joint then you go back and go yo what the what did i just <laughs> You know what did I just okay? You Am know I what I'm saying? Accomplice? Exactly. Yeah, that's and that's you know that's just it was just brilliant. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm gonna talk. I would talk about Denzel. Another one I'm gonna throw out there is Jack Nicholson. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. movies like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Dickie. Batman. You know what I'm saying? Like is he's played so many different. You know the the, the Departed like. Oh. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's just a range of different people. Um, if we're doing sleepers, and I, I got two more, damn, like, because I just watched <laughs> Judas and, you know, The Black Messiah. So I feel like both Daniel Kaluuya and um, Lakeith are like on their way to some Yo. De Niro. You know Jack Nicholson, like they they both can just like play anybody. Just they've been amazing to me to watch. Lakeith on AT on Atlanta alone, that character that he played, man. yeah, because he was the he was the whole Teddy Perkins, like between him right. and oh, cool. Um, so yeah, I'm on with the cheat code that you don't. That's not the cheat code because because I got. One that we've already talked about, and one we haven't talked about. So yeah, um, all around, it, it was tough because Denzel. Yes, you get engulfed in everything Denzel plays. I believed he was Malcolm X when I watched him play Malcolm X. I believed he was Hurricane when he played Hurricane. Glory, amazing movie. Like you said, we already know what Training Day did for everybody. Remember um, the Titans. Disney. Remember, the, remember the Titans. Like. Even uh, Ricochet, what was that? Ice tea, like back in the day, like um, the sleeper movie was Fallen though. Oh, hey, yeah, Fallen, yeah, was crazy. Fallen yep. was, was ridiculous. Um, like you get engulfed in everything that he plays, and you, you sit there and go, John Q, John Q, like he went on a, a roll of playing nothing but doing nothing but biopics, and you get engulfed, and like I think he is one of the actors where. You know he has a movie, and you're gonna sit there and like I can't wait to watch it because he uh, he played that lawyer a couple years ago, he gained all that weight and grew his hair all out. Um, I can't think of, but again, good movie. But 
I will say this other actor because this is tough, but Denzel's probably gonna get denied. I've seen this one actor sit at a table and play every character at a table except one, and you were in stitches <laughs> and believe that every character was a different person. I've seen this character, this person play multiple characters in Coming to America. I've seen every, like, and it's, it's Eddie. Like Eddie has range because when he decided to go serious and do Dreamgirls, you you were engulfed. I was engulfed in that character, Dreamgirls, because it was so different than anything he had ever played. Beverly Hills Cop one and two will forget three when it, when it starts. Get, that's what makes me nervous about coming to America because it's got a PG thirteen rate. Like when you start just giving enjoy him, it, man. At this I, point, I'm, I'm going to I'm going. You, when you start just giving him it. family ratings, it's like oh here we go, but. But um, Nutty Professor was fire. Nutty like, Professor was ridiculous. Was like fire. No, I don't care if it was PG thirteen or whatever. Two table scenes with Eddie at on the first one was just amazing. Like you, he's and he's acting with the tennis ball. Like all these, so that takes chops. He, he doesn't get a lot of credit, but I think that um, you know he's definitely up there. Uh, and I'll just pick you back right off of that actress. Um, actress was tough. Cause there are a couple, a uh, couple of good ones. Like uh, I'm a, I like stuff that back in the day Sandra Bullock used to play. But I think that if we're gonna go with engulfed in characters, every time you see them, I think um, Meryl Streep is probably one of the best actresses out there. She, I mean, she's got the accolades for sure too. The two uh, actresses, if you know, being politically correct, whatever you know what I mean. Like it was between it was her. And then Viola Davis, because I think that if if we're talking, you know, someone who is overlooked, but also still has accolades like Viola Davis, she's got, you know, the, oh, her, absolutely. Her, her resume is as good as anybody's. You know what I mean? So um, I don't want I don't think that she should get lost in all this shuffle because I think she gets overlooked already. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. I was gonna say on the actress side, I was I, I hadn't given a lot of thought to it, and that's a shame on me, you know. But someone else that comes to mind, um, Alfre Woodard, just kind of uh, you know, has that's just for generations, too. has you know what I mean? Just you know, whenever you think about your, you know, for me, I always think about like if I if my mom played somebody on on TV or on screen, it would you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Alfre Woodard just reminds me of my mother. Yep. yep. All right. So I'll, I'll piggyback off of that and I'll say, uh, I'll give the obvious answer. But for what Superfly just said, uh, Angela Bassett, because she's been everybody's bomber from Jack. <laughs> yeah, Angela, Angela got range too. She was, she was Trey's mama. She like she was everybody. She's played everybody's mama, right? In some form or fashion. Movie. Betty Shabazz. Uh, yeah. All of the above. And Tina I think Turner. she gets, Swept under because if you look at the cast that she's with while she's playing what she's playing, you know what I mean. You almost kind of forget the the level of of that she's putting down. But right, I will say a sleeper one that I think a lot of people kind of skim over. Um, Kathy Bates in in Misery had to be one of the best. Misery was amazing. Yeah, actually, I watched Misery the other day. Like, there's like you can watch that and act like it would it just came out like last week. Like it's right. fresh. You gonna watch that and be like, come on now. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's all around great movie, too. All around great movie, too. Somebody else we didn't bring up, um, Leo. You know, oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think he should be in the conversation. Leo for sure. Um, I mean, that Django <sighs> role, the departed role, man. That Titanic. Yeah, Leo, uh, catch me if you can. When we're talking about actors that they put something out and you're like, yeah, I'm probably going to go see the that. Revenant. But- Right. <laughs> oh my god Revenant. like so many of leo's <laughs> movies especially you know in i'd say maybe the last 15 years like it was almost because he hadn't won that oscar yet Inception. It, was like, it was like all right is this going to be the one like because right. we already knew that this dude was putting down oscar winning type performances right. he just wasn't being given the award so his movies i feel like did become somewhat of an event because everyone's he, he like he won for aviator right he won it for revenant okay mm-hmm. i thought he won for aviator too like he i mean he's got a bunch of other awards it was just you know the like best actor um you know in a feature film award was the one that had escaped him his entire career and it's like all right like is that really the best movie that he's ever done probably not but also the same way as training day actually denzel's best movie you know that's argue you can argue um but it's like yo at some point these dudes gotta get their roses while they're still here you know what i mean what about uh Sam Jackson and uh, Matthew McConaughey? We'll leave it at that because but yeah, we'll never we'll never say like you you I, I think I, I think but this is a good segue into whatever we go into next, right? Is what you and you know, we kinda talked about it, right? Like if you want to talk greats in whatever category, right? I think before you even get to identifying, you know, your your levels of what you're gonna go by, right? You also have to take away the legends that can't be put in those categories, right? That then you can break off because in my segment that I got coming up, I'm going to kind of hit you guys off with that as well. But I feel like Catch Me If You Can was one of his best movies, right? But then, you know, you you like I said, all these people that we're talking about, and there's so many more that you almost have to kind of create those boundaries of, you know, if it falls within this and, and you even going by error because I feel like you have to you have to break errors away because if somebody then crosses sure. over then that's how you give them that extra goes prior to to say that they were still around when everybody else in that era dropped off. Right. right. So that that okay that, that leads perfectly to our last one, which is probably the be the tough one, and you will never have an answer because there is there is no there, there is no parameter to this, right? We don't, we haven't decided, you know, we're going to have accolades, pure skill, affecting the game, you know, on, on field court, whatever, all field court type, um, you know, change, game changing environments. So let's talk. No, let's talk about the, the great, the, the greatest athlete of all time, and we, we sparked us because sparked the conversation because. As we know, Tom Brady just won his seventh Super Bowl. More than he's any been, franchise. He's been to 10 Super Bowls. Won seven of them. Still, that's a, almost a C-plus average. Right there, right? And 
that brings up a conversation. Like you said, no other franchise has been that many times or has that many rings. I believe I think Cowboys and Steelers have six. Yep. So Tom Brady has seven <laughs> with two different teams. He's not the only, he's not the first quarterback to go with two different teams and win with two different teams, but he is the first quarterback to have seven or, you know, whatever. So fellas, goats, like, are we going to judge this? Is what they do? How they impacted the game, on and off. You know, we're going to say leave it off the field, off the conversation. You know what I'm saying? So no, like social social justice reform. No, like the era that they had to deal with certain things. Okay, okay. Nah. And that that kind of changes my answer, but I had a backup answer. So, <laughs> Floyd. Okay, let's talk Floyd. Floyd, yes, fifty and zero. Now the last two are questionable because it was um, my man Conor McGregor and then um, Berto, a, a, a washed up Berto. But again, you got it. Any 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 given day in the ring, something can happen, right? So Floyd definitely he, he could be amongst the conversation. I definitely think Floyd deserves to be in the combo. Um, but I, you know, for the critics, they're going to point out that he's, there's a number of his fights where, you know, he was really picking his opponents. Um, and so not to say that he was just straight up, uh, aluminum, what are the, what's the phrase? It's like aluminum canning people or whatever, you know, just putting people in the ring that don't have any business. He was still fighting like top level guys, but he was pretty strategic in terms of when he would actually end up fighting some of these dudes. Um, so I think you can definitely put him in the conversation. And I think that if we're talking singular athletes, like without even giving an answer yet, like the way that I think about it is if the aliens invaded and we had to say, yo, this is the representation of the entire human race <laughs> athletically, who are we putting up there? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not Tom Brady. Like, right. Tom Brady is really Agreed. good at getting right. Tom Brady is really good at getting the ball to the dudes that we could He's a manager, you know, show. man. He's the greatest distributor of the football in NFL history. He's the most accomplished player in NFL history. You can be the greatest quarterback. You uh, give I, the ball to Tom Brady or to Jim Brown. Like the thing, like one of the things when it comes to football especially when we're talking about the goats, like, and we're crossing all sports is that football is a team game. Literally. It doesn't matter if one singular player is the best person in the entire league at the time. If the rest of the team isn't good enough, it doesn't matter. Look at Deshaun Watson this past year. Like Deshaun Watson had arguably the best season of any quarterback in the league this year. And this dude's team was like four and 12, you know, like it does like football is a game where it's really important who you're surrounded with. And Tom Brady in his 20 seasons, 19 seasons, whatever it is, has had a top 10 scoring defense in all of them, except for three. And he also has three times in his career where he's had the number one overall scoring defense. So talk about getting help from the other side of the ball. It does help that, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over that, you know, can have an impact, obviously, on the defense. But I'm saying 
you can't be giving Tom all the credit when there's literally, you know, 50 other dudes on the squad that are helping achieve the same goal. He so only plays I, half the game. Right, right. And, I, and, and like I said, I'm not putting him out there when the aliens invade. He's not the dude that I want <laughs> representing the human race athletically. It's just not it. I'm not giving it to a dude who doesn't run under a five flat 40, has a 12 inch vertical. Like this dude is not athletic. So how am I going to call him the greatest athlete of all time? Like that shit doesn't make sense. My brother tweeted it out shit and that shit's Tom real. Brady. Right. <laughs> he, he can Listen. take it. He's got seven Super Bowls. Right. Yeah. He's, he's CB, CB's, CB's preaching right now. Right. I'm right. just sitting back and I'm listening because, you know, he has definitely had this argument before. Somebody, he didn't put some little kid down the chain. <laughs> makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he throws throw something out at me. Who you who, who you thinking? No, nah, you know what? But but that's the thing. And to respond to let let's go back real quick to to the Floyd situation, right? Just because your record is undefeated doesn't make you the greatest, though. You know what I mean? Um, I still feel like, regardless of what you say, Mike Tyson is better than Floyd Mayweather, hands down. I don't care. They're 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 different weight classes. If you look at the style, you look at what it was, there was more of an appeal to watch Mike. The level of competition, too. I the, feel like Floyd is just hand. That, oh, and his, his competition was not so nowhere as good. Uh, was Sweet Pea Whitaker, right? No way Floyd would have been treating Sweet Pea with the, with the shoulder roll. There's just no way because he was a straight <laughs> boxer. Um, and you think of the other ones that came along the ways that were more of a, you know, I'm going to make you fight me. You know, you can try to run in defense all you want, but when it comes to a straight up fight, like you're, you, you're not going to win this. You know what I'm saying? I think what he accomplished is what everybody's attracted to. Um, because of that, you say he doesn't get hit B and I, and I get that. That's a shoulder roll for, uh, uh, Boxing is not as aggressive as it used to be because they don't want fighters to get as hurt as they did back in the day. If he was in that 90s era, that shoulder roll, it didn't work. Go back and check the film of fighters who tried the shoulder roll back then. They still was getting clocked based upon who they were fighting because of the style of fighter that they were going up against, right? Like a sweep heat, all of them, you check their records, it didn't matter. And he was a great defensive type of, of fighter. But as CB's role and saying, if, you know, the aliens were to come down again, you know, I'm, I'm thinking on a, on a professional level of an athlete, that's not a, a team sport, hands down. And you got to look at the girl's body and notice she's definitely with the shits is definitely Serena. Uh, you talk about the, the level of from the start to the finish even though she just lost recently, you put up the difference in the age group and how far she's gotten. Father Time's going to win regardless. But the fact that she's doing stuff that people in that age bracket ain't even getting close to, and competing is the word, still competing at a high level is what separates that. Because if we gave the alien Serena in her prime, like not even who we saw last night, like – Dog, yeah, you know that's way more terrifying than Tom Brady, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm not. Ta- I'm not taking a serve or a forehand from Serena. Get out of my face. Right. That part. I had Serena on my list. Um, somebody else I'm gonna go go with is um, Mr. Usain Bolt. Like, 
just from a, a dominance and um, a performance when it matters perspective. Like, I don't think I've ever seen um, another athlete just kill, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, on, on demand. Like, <laughs> his stretch that he, I mean, we're literally yeah. talking about the fastest human being that we have documented in human history. You know what I mean? Like, literally amazing, amazing what he was able to accomplish in, in, in track and field. Like, and the thing is, is when he was young, he was an incredible 400 runner. Like if this dude had focused on the 400, he might've been the greatest 400 runner of all time. And instead he was like, yeah, you know, I'll settle for the one and two. Right. Like, and just set world records that who knows if they're ever going to get touched. Hey, I put him in the category with like, if you ever realize, and I know this is going to kind of take a little sidestep, but like, I truly feel like certain athletes never really tried because they didn't have to, right? Like it was an effortless, right. you know, Superfly, you laughing, but I'm being serious, right? Like, I think it's athletes out there that literally didn't try. Like, I think Mike Vick never really has thrown the ball as far as he probably could have, right? With as effortless as it right. that he of a flick of the wrist and how that ball comes out. I think you, Usain Bolton, think about it, bro. He was pulling up at, after every race. He never really probably ran 100% to really know how fast he is because he was like, I don't have to. I'm not trying. And if when I do try, whether it got I got beat or not, and I come back, like when have you ever seen him run through the tape like hardcore, like oh, like about to you know like fall over, like never. So right. can we really say we've really seen him at his top speed? Can we really say we've seen Mike Vick actually throw the ball, knowing that he could probably throw that whole like a hundred yards? Like really? He threw it like, out the stadium <laughs> in that Gatorade commercial. <laughs> Someone who I definitely don't want to get lost in the conversation, who I think similar to Serena has been kind of overlooked because we're really quick to go to, you know, MJ. Happy birthday, MJ. We're really quick to, you know, talk about LeBron and uh, Tom Brady being in this conversation and stuff. But let's not forget about Simone Biles because she is someone who I would also show to the aliens because she's literally doing stuff in arguably the most athletic sport possible they like she's a couple of her moves that she's literally changed the game like right. and she has 30 medals between world championships and olympics or something like that like this girl because she's 23 like and to think that like in at that point bro what did i accomplish up to being 23 like <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like she got, I, I th- she's in the conversation as far as I'm concerned because she all she has the accolades and physically she is someone who we could show to the aliens and they'd be like, oh yeah, maybe we shouldn't fuck with her. The, the, the fact that the fact that you get fined or penalized for doing a move that nobody else can like why, it's how's too that, hard. How, how's that my fault? Right, right, right. right. Um. There's definitely a couple of people we left off that I'm gonna I'm gonna touch bases on, just out of out of respect, for what they've done to the sports, like you know, multiple competing in multiple in multiple different sports. Like now, I'm gonna preface this with now, this may not be the when the aliens come, we're gonna model it after this person, but I'm gonna say Bruce Jenner was probably. I mean, he was a decathlete, right? He, right. Ten, what was that ten? Ten sports. Yep. Same day, and he he broke 
I mean, he's he's got a few records and a few awards for you know ten different sports in in one one day that this guy was was good in in all of them. Um, I'm not saying he's some somebody you need we need to think about if we're paying respects to dominate. It's true, it's there. I I can't make that up, right? Um, we left we left the social. We're leaving the outside of the sport aspect, uh, but. Even if you leave that out, I'm still say Muhammad Ali has to be in the conversation. Um, of course, because uh, just the simple fact that you know the rope and dope alone gets you in there, but you know the age that he was able to come back, you know he got banned from boxing in his prime. Facts. Um, and then the, what well, this brings in the the other side of it that we're not talking about, but I'm gonna have to because it's part of his story. You know, outside of the the racism that he, he was enduring and all that. Uh, he also decided not to go fight in a war that he said he had nothing to do with, right? So from there, they penalized. They took the championship off of him. So, I mean, that that has to tie in a little bit because, again, but he did, he, I think Muhammad Ali transcended boxing uh, mentally. He, he, would be, he was in your head before you even got in the ring, which is dope. Um, but definitely, I agree with the Serena aspect for sure. 39 in a, a singles game. I mean, she just she lost to somebody who was 16 years younger than her in the semifinals. So, I mean, she's still competing. So, it's just, you know, the girls, she, Naomi Osaka, I mean, it's Top just. in the world. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and she's thirty nine. I mean, I, that's well, incredible. She, she's at twenty three now, right? She she needs twenty four to tie, I believe, in twenty to to tie like the most most uh made um majors majors whatever. She might get to it. I don't think she'll get to twenty five, but I think she has one more in her to at least tie. Um, she would she should have been tied, but she blew it. Like two years ago, she underestimated the girl she was she was going against. But yeah, I, th- I think it has to be. And not to mention, she won one of those those major titles while she was pregnant. Two people. I mean, it's tough. Tough. Her, her and, my bad. Her twenty three grand slams. Right, yep. That's most by any player in the open air, and the second most. Behind Margaret Court, so again, when they say open air, really, the 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 change in the guard of, like I said, more more tournaments and, and what she did again, just the fact that she's sitting on top of something that we ain't ever gonna be talking about again, uh, you know, for a very long time, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But and let's talk, let's talk about what what B said because Bo Jackson, Dion and Dion, were two sport athletes. And pretty damn good at both sports. We're talking professional. Like professional. this isn't this isn't you know Bo playing in professional football games and then going and playing minor league baseball games. You know what that I mean? Was yeah. So Same thing Dion. with Dion. Dion was catching uh, helicopters from the Braves field to the Falcons field. Like these are guys that you know. 
I like if we're just literally showing up like them in their prime, that's the example that we're showing the aliens. Like, yeah, bro, Bo Jackson might be the one. Like, he literally just might be the one to save the human race. Like, prime Bo Jackson, one of the scariest men on the planet. You can't be that big, that fast, like, and that strong. Right. Like, it's crazy. Um, You know, and then, like I said, and obviously, Michael has already beaten the aliens, so we know where he is in the conversation. Yeah, right <laughs> um, Mike is sending them down to figure out who's next, right? <laughs> right. Um, but like, honestly, anybody that we bring up in, because I think basketball, you can make an argument more so than you can in the NFL, because in the NBA, you have five dudes on a court, so one person can have a much more significant impact than on, uh, you know. A, a, in a game that there's 22 people on the field. Um, do, so do I, you make a distinction? And I feel like in football um, and probably baseball uh, and even golf, where can you do you separate skill from athleticism? You know what I mean? And so like somebody like, you know, Steph Curry, who just has like crazy skills, but you would not really consider, you know what I mean, as the right. as the super right. athlete fight the aliens do. But if it was mm-hmm. a free throw shooting contest, like you right. <laughs> step all day. Yeah, now, I think that similar to what E's talking about with the one we got to kind of separate it out by era, by time, by time frame, um, because even separating the sports out, we're talking about different rules. Um, and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that that is an element that you have to take into account. Like, yeah, we, we know that Steph Curry is the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history. Like, he's already got mm. that. He's probably the best shooter. I, I might give him all the around. best shooter in, in NBA history. And then yeah. he already passed Ray, right? So is he number one all-time three-pointer? No, he's, he's got to catch up. He's right. got like a thousand, right? But he, it's one of those things where for him, as long as he's able to stay <laughs> right healthy, time. you know, these, these next couple seasons, like, yes, that's definitely when do you look at Shaq? When, right, right, yeah, definitely not if, just when. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, prime Shaq is a dude who changed the game, like, literally changed, like, he is one of those guys that, especially in basketball, it's, you actually have points in basketball where you can look at specific rule changes and they're tied to one player, you know, like probably more so than any other sport that I can think of. Like, are you giving you know, Shaq top five in the all time? time? Uh, oh, another discussion for another, right? I mean, if in, for his era, yeah. Like if we're if we're just talking if we're separating it out in eras because you know I look back at Bill Russell and he's actually smaller than Kevin Durant is like that's kind of hard to like com- make those uh, an apples to apples comparison because it's just completely different yeah. games. Um, but for his era, hell yeah, for his era, you know he's he's I'm still taking him over. Uh, Duncan taking him over, uh, like a guy like Elijah Wan is close, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, he he had his uh shortcomings at the free throw line, but then he also made 20 in a game, so right. it, it's hard to argue with the most dominant force 
during that time frame. Like he's got to be in that conversation for sure. Now, now that you hear uh, that, uh, I don't know how long you've been uh, listening, but we're talking now we're on greatest athlete of all time. Who do you have as kind of got inclination? Who do you have <laughs> as the greatest athlete of all time? We're, we're trying to break it down. Um, and and if we're talking. Uh-huh. I was gonna say Shaq is one of those cases though where the skill you have to split the skill from the athleticism. You know what I'm saying? Because the dude is just like a you know freakish athlete, mm-hmm. and then has certain skills that you know what I mean. Most guys his size wouldn't necessarily have. You know, right, right. And he's got a song with Biggie. And he's probably he's that him. might you know, that alone just, might make him the goat. Shaq got bars too. So I mean. Uh, it's tough. Um, look, I mean, LeBron went to 10 straight NBA finals. That's that's an impressive feat. He didn't, he didn't win them all, but you know, I, I would love to see Jordan in the asterisk year, the 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 force they call it the, the force retirement years. That Bulls team would have went to eight straight, two repeats, and he took two years off. Yeah, so that's as eight that they would did they would have won eight. I wonder how like exhausted that team would have been you know oh okay like you know, yeah and Bo that's another guy that you can definitely like that's a dude that would he might save the planet if we had to show prime Bo Jackson to the aliens like he'd he'd be able to save us <clears throat> oh we had a we got a got a special guest hey Mylani <laughs> Past your bedtime, we doing up. <laughs> I, know, right? I know. So, geez. all right, now I have to go mute. <laughs> no, that, but that's that, that's uh, it's interesting though that you know that we and, and like I said, maybe we have that time to break down, you know, error and then even go down to uh, you know understanding who you take out of the equations because you already know they set themselves aside right from from the conversation because i think once you get those out of the way then you really have to kind of break down the action you know whether it's gameplay like superfly says skill from athleticism right you would say like a tiger woods a skill would he be an athlete the fool probably you know might not be able to dunk a basketball but his his, his golf game is off the is off the chain right because of how long he worked at it um it's interesting though, because like I said, when you take this conversation to other people, if they bring those things into play, whether or not they are true to themselves and get out of their way of, I like this person because of whatever reasons to actual, when you look in, you could actually watch a game or a sport and have a, a clear, a non-biased, you know, opinion towards somebody who you're watching. You know what I mean? Like, uh, everybody is saying Messier, you know, over Rolando, but then you go back and you say, you know, what about, you know, Pele? What, you know, you look at the different eras of that, so. It's funny that, like, you know, when we were talking about actors, we we made, like, all the, the way they can kind of run the gamut in all different roles, but athletes, we kind of like, okay, well, how well can they do this one thing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. we, don't, we don't hold them to the sem- a similar standard. Right. That's that. uh that's Kaleo's um Bruce Jenner yeah, pick right. right there, you know. Um and that I, I think <laughs> that's why guys like Bo Jackson, um, you know, these dudes that you know they were able to play other sports 
um, and be great at it. We're taught yeah. like Bo was an all-star. Like we're, you know, it's not like this was just a road because Dion still was like a rotation baseball player. Right. Like Bo was a dude that was starting every night in center field. Like, you know, and, the wall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, right. Like, you know, it, it, so I think that, yeah, if it's, it, it, there's, there's just never probably going to be one set formula, right? Because some people are going to live and die by whoever their pick is for, you know, nostalgic reasons or whatever. Um, we all love to believe that the era that we live in is the best. So the people that were doing it when we were paying attention, it was most important to us. They're the best. So you know, that's why you get into these arguments nowadays where guys that are like closer to our age who did see MJ play are like, yeah, he's easily the greatest basketball player of all time. But the kids that are, you know, even just 10 years younger than us, not even maybe that young, but they're like LeBron is that guy for them. So, or Kobe is that guy for them. So it's like, yo, well, yeah, I didn't get to see MJ. So to them, you know, he's not even in the conversation the same way. And, you know, it's one of those things where if people aren't going to at least keep an open mind about it, you know, just don't come with don't, just don't come with me saying Tom Brady's the man. Just don't do that. And by by the man, I mean the goat. He is the man. He is the man. But he's, he's not the greatest of all time across all sports. I'll be quick. One more thing. The, the other thing is that in the 80s and 90s, people, athletes especially, became more specialized. You know what I mean? So that's you. These kids were like sticking to one sport and laser focused on that. Yep. In a way that was much different in the you know eighties and the seventies and before. Absolutely, absolutely. So we we might we might ever get an answer to this question. We have to you know set the parameters, but I mean everybody has a a good point of who it could be because I mean. I mean, these people were elite of their sport. That's why they came up. All right. So. All right. So there's no guest tonight. So everybody knows where, where the show's going from here. There you go. It's not downhill. That's what you're doing. What's happening here? Ugh. All right. So because we are, because uh, we're talking about the greats, um, where we're comparing, um, you know, one athlete for another. I'm gonna go the entertainment route, but there is a twist to this, and it's a and it's based upon something else. But let me do the introduction with the karate chop. Uh, that you know, it's just E, and I want my fellow podcast brothers to to. Uh, not necessarily debate, but think about and give me an answer on who do you think created the best side characters between Martin Lawrence and Dave Chappelle? You thought you thought picking the greatest of all time was hard. Try this one. Side characters, oh, wow. like as in skits that they've done. Yeah, so you got, I mean, so with Martin, you got Shanene, you got, you got Roscoe, you got, I mean, you know everybody down Dragonfly the list. Dragonfly Jones. You got uh, all of that, right? 
Jones Rome. So you got all all of these characters that you could think of on that side. And then you go to Dave Chappelle and think about he did, you know, Tyrone Biggins, he did Prince, he did, you know, Rick James, he's done, you know, a bunch of different blind, characters. Blind racist alone. Uh, but that's tough, though. I mean, he was in sketch comedy, so his his thing was to provide a different source but, of you know. So, so th- and this leads to what I was what what we talked about, right? And taking the legend out of this, right? So you take and I know Pops is probably still on here. So you take Richard Pryor out of the fold because Mudball, again in itself was the ultimate, you know what I'm saying, character that that was you know a prize uh, from a comedian. Then you got Eddie, who was from Richard, so you can't. It, if I drop his name in there, everything that he's done as far as Nutty Professor and everything we've done coming to America it just drops off everything. But this is what I'm talking about. In the in the era of two different eras, right? Martin was when we were well younger. Dave came in right after the fact, right? And then even still captivated us as if Martin did with the type of characters that he brought to the table. Um, it would be, it's a great comparison to say who came up with the best character or i mean i like i said I, they're both even to me you can't pick out of two i watch the shenane and uh roscoe and whoever else and i just i just got to watch it the rick james and prince uh dave Chappelle show as if it was the first time and i'm laughing at the shit as if i first rolling that's tough man like i think that dave like dave's show probably the greatest like sketch comedy show of all time. Like, I think that you can make that argument. Um, but in terms of individual characters, cause most of those dudes he played once, it wasn't like a recurring, um, character or anything like that besides like Tyrone Biggums. Um, and, uh, you know, doing some, like some of that stuff, but for the most part, Chappelle's guys were one-off characters and with Martin, some of them were more like recurring roles type. And so I think that you can actually make the argument that Martin has the more memorable individual characters, even though Chappelle show is the greatest sketch comedy show of all time. Like for me, like I felt like, so those two weeks, when you had, you know, Rick James and then Prince. Like, I'm sorry, was it Prince and then Rick James? I think Prince was first. Prince and then Rick James. Like, was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? And I, I to this day. Um, Dave, though, the... the, the what's funny like he kind of plays the same dude in all of his characters you know what i'm saying it's not like something that he's really doing that's hilarious within that character it's about the whole the whole scene and situation and writing around all of that that makes it like the absurdity of it and that's what makes it hilarious the but martin is like singular you know what i'm saying it's like dragonfly jones would be funny and on chappelle show would be funny in on Martin on the street. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I I'm giving the edge to Martin for some of those characters because they were just like the he was the the 
writing around he didn't have to do like the the writing around the show wasn't that great you know what i'm saying he just had to be funny and i think he's better at that at that part of it so i'm going to give it i'm going to give the characters to martin yeah i'm i'm probably going to agree i think the characters go to go to martin um just because he was the only one doing it. like he was trying to create a real a, a show around these real characters. I mean, sketch comedy is sketch comedy. Like you have to come up with these different characters to to stay funny, and each character has to be funny. But each of Martin's characters had their own personality. You know, you knew where Shanae lived. You knew what Otis was going to bring you every time you saw Otis. Um, Jerome, you knew you knew the type of environment you was going to see Jerome. And so I think they all lived within the community of the show and you're like, wow, you know, we're at a bar. So chances are you're going to see, you know, either Dragonfly Jones at the bar uh, at Nipsey's or you're going to see Jerome hitting on a woman at the bar, you know, so they all lived in within the community and they were all based as real characters. And that's why I think that Martin takes the edge as far as the characters. Um, but definitely Chappelle has some of the funniest stuff. Now, if you would have done in Living Color versus Chappelle show, the two, you know, those are two different eras. I mean, you got one that's one of the Chappelle shows definitely evolved from in Living Color, but Living Color put a lot of people on. That's probably one of the most classic lineups. You know, Saturday Night Live has put a lot, a lot of people on too. We're talking about. I mean, you didn't you do that one, so I'm not, don't even rack your mind about living color. <laughs> that that's that's an unfair that's an unfair challenge though, because you got you got a whole cast of people that can you know hold their own weight. Whereas, even though Chappelle kept it kept his his uh, his crew small, you know with you know you got uh uh what's my man uh Donnell Rollins, Ashley Larry, Ashley, <laughs> but you got uh you know um. You got Charlie Murphy too. Charlie Murphy, but and but the substance that comes off of that, you he had Paul Mooney. You know what I mean? So you absolutely, yeah. You kind of look at it and you say, but you still can't match it up because the Living Color had Jim Carrey, and you know people still seem to forget that that's where he really got his his, his start from was from oh, from that. He credits uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's for his career. I mean, he's he's even come out and said that. So you know what's wild, and this is how funny. And how great the Wayans are, like Jim Carrey wasn't the funniest person to me on *A Living Color*, but no, he, he was hilarious and great. You know what I mean? But he kind of he was in the background of that show, you know? Right, right. And Jamie Foxx was a background character, if you know. And we, I think, when the *A Living Color* first started, Grant, it was it was something fresh. It was the hip hop spin on what Saturday Night Live wasn't going to give you. Um, man, we have to dive into that. that. I mean, I think out of that, I mean, you got a lot of great, great characters that still transcend. I mean, exactly. Keenan's mind alone, Keenan is is a genius, right? I mean, Keenan and uh, Robert Townsend have done some incredible things together. They wrote five heartbeats. Right. They were hanging out with Eddie too. They were all part of that part of that crew. Yeah. So we we can dive deeper into into that. That um bring up some old times.
I ain't got no guests. I ain't, I ain't, I'm not going to hit the button more than once tonight. Uh, so let's get into this copper drop. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. We got the yeah. Yeah. Jordan 4 Topaz. Um, these joints are dropping on the 27th. Uh, they are doing a sneakers drop. Um, these joints are pretty sick. They're pre they're reminiscent of you can find pictures on the internet. Uh, there are these friends and family Travis Scott fours that have a very similar color blocking to these. Um, and you know anything as we know, if Jordan Brand puts out a model that looks similar to a Travis collab, it's probably going to do well. These joints are dope. They have um, like cracked leather. All throughout it, um, a really nice suede apparently too. Um, it's not a must cop for me, but you better believe I will be going after them. There is a certain price where you know they're going to be they'd be out of my range resale. But the, this is a pair that um, I would certainly love to add to the collection. Cop. Yeah, pops. These are a cop. Oh, I mean, uh, these are a cop. I didn't want to put it out there. For <laughs> <laughs> size nine we was trying to cop these because uh, we know that they not definitely um you know that all of us on here probably gonna take a major l on that but these are definitely right. i got my i got my feeling set my, my feeling set high for this l but i'm gonna try <laughs> yeah i'm like more of a try for the flip it's not for me the style is not for me but the height you know i'm True. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm in it for that that's a dope colorway. Like, I mean, if this thing, if they did a run of the taupe in fives, they, I know the, the ones, obviously, because it's kind of reminiscent of Travis. Right. But yeah, the fives would be a great colorway. The the sixes. Weren't the nines in this colorway originally? Was it the nines or the uh, or the eights? One of them had the, this kind Maybe of Maybe the nine. Tone. The nine may have had a, a, close, a similar... Yeah, an OG colorway, colorway that was close to this. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I'm all about the cop for, for this one. And yeah. when, when is it? Next Friday? Uh, the 27th. So okay. uh, I believe that's Saturday. Okay. Um, I'll go. You know what? I'll go. You went first. Then. I'll go. Uh, I want to let you know my co-host is asleep. She's one of somebody to lay with, and there we go. Oh, it's gonna didn't fall over. Okay, so we didn't even know we were gonna have a guest tonight. I, I didn't either. I got a foot on the box. Okay, so let's go in honor of the birthday. That's um, which is. Ironically, the number of the retro, the pulleys out. The cool gray 12s. They've been worn for sure. Still in good shape. But yeah, um, these dropped about 10 or so years ago, maybe. 
Yeah. How many wears you got out of those? Quite a few. I mean, I remember when I got these, these were, I was super hyped that I found these in downtown locker room. They still had my size. And I did a, I mean, I think that whole summer I did a run. Actually, let me see. They came out 519, whatever year. I got to look at that. But yeah, so that's my, that's my thing. I'm gonna go with the uh, go with the the Kobe's. Uh, I think I mentioned to you fellas that I was gonna bring this one out for this one. Uh, I think I did it in one of the in the for the soul, and I don't believe I brought it out any other time, like the old school Zoom one or anything like that. So uh, even if it was, so what? Uh, but in honor of Black History Month, which is also every month, by the way, uh, not February. Don't get it twisted. Right. Uh, but we are going to hit them with the, with these, with these Kobe Black History. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Those joints are so Ooh. sick. The nine elites. We definitely going to hit these. The fly net. Just, this, this, I, I, these have definitely been worn, of course, and will always, th- these have never come out the, the collection. I mean, I, I, I had to run to these. Like these were definitely getting copped by by any means necessary. Like it was gonna be a Malcolm X moment out the window with the with the AK if I didn't get these. <laughs> definitely, definitely one of the hardest shoes that I have by far. That model is my favorite Kobe model in general. Like, that was the first flying issue, right? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that one. Yeah, I think so. Yep, long lines. Uh, Superfly, you got anything? Nah, not tonight, guys. Okay. Well, that's straight because I'm picking up the slack because I'm showing two pairs. Um, <laughs> uh, so big family news. I became an uncle by blood for the hey. first time uh, on Sunday, uh, Valentine's Day, baby. So um, my niece, Sage, um, she already has nine pairs of sneakers and, um, I think I bought her all of them, um, you know, and she's like five days old, so she can't even wear any of these things, but, um, I got a pair sent to my house. So I just wanted like, just being excited about being able for me and her to kind of match when we go out and stuff. But I got her these infrared nineties. Ooh. They like, got the air bubble in them, man. That, yeah. That, they don't do that really in kid shoes that much. Dude, like, the details on here are pretty crazy. I'm like, yo, man, these little kid shoes are awesome. Like, they're just also just easier to get than um, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff in our size. You know what I mean? Um, so, it, but I'm just, like, extra excited about getting to, you know, being uncle and, know. you know, be able to, you know, flex with my niece when we go out places and stuff. Um, but... I had to, I couldn't not show these. Um, it was the man's birthday this week, so, but. Mm. Huh? Huh? Oh, boy. Oh. Man, that box is problems. Oh, mm. my God. Um, so I've talked about how nostalgically the 14 is my favorite Jordan. Like my, the one is my overall favorite silhouette, but the 14 was the pair that were out 
when I was really becoming conscious about shoes. So um, I'm a big fan of clot. So when I knew that they were doing, you know, this collab um, with the 14, uh, I was super excited about it because they did something similar with the 13. Um, same type of color scheme. Uh, it's based around the Terracotta Warriors, um, which the history of that stuff is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, these were, these were a must cop. I actually had scored these on StockX before the sneakers dropped because oh, wow. I, I knew, I knew I wanted them. So, um, made sure that, uh, made sure that these got grabbed because, and the, these kind of look like pieces of art, but these are getting worn. These will definitely, uh, be getting, yeah, no, be getting that flexed. That was a dope. That was yeah. a, Wow. Are they suede? They, that's the yeah, uh, okay. yeah. So this entire the toe box, it's all it's all suede. The side, different kinds of suede, and apparently, you know the um, the shield. Bad. Apparently, it's like scratchable, and there's like you know a shield underneath. I don't, I haven't seen it done yet, but I've heard and read that that's something that you can do. So um, I'm gonna have to see images of other people doing it first before I decide if that's worth doing or not, but these were a must cop for me. So super glad that, uh, you know, I got to add these to the collection. Wow. Those are amazing. Um, real quick, uh, here, this is where you can find us. YouTube, uh, IG, Facebook, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, Google play and, uh, iTunes. But uh, yeah, fellas, this was good. This was a good chat. Um, we didn't get any answers to what we we wanted to accomplish, but I think we, we put some spotlight on things. Uh, we didn't get to the All Star game that, since that hasn't happened yet. We can talk about that next week and how much of a a, a shit show that's going to be. Why, why that's even happening? But they did select the All Star teams. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll but uh, that's it, y'all. Um, oh, and then uh, coming soon. I, I think we can finally kind of start giving it, getting this thing going, CB. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, man, CB got a story to tell. Something, uh, something that happened. It's pretty funny that uh, we got a major announcement coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, within the next week or so. Hopefully. hopefully, we'll see. We'll see how the postal service works. You know yeah, what I mean? Po- <laughs> exactly. All right, y'all. Uh, we are uh, something else. Peace. Peace. Peace.